Dreaming about teaming up with a superhero? Heartbroken about the latest comic death? Do you find your conversations always turning to Marvel? Then welcome Marvelites to your therapy session. Join your hosts as we explore the realms of the Marvel Universe, taking you into new insights, movie reviews, and debates. Here, we won't try to cure any obsessions, but fuel them because the world is better nerdy. Welcome to your Marvel Therapy Group. And hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of Marvel Therapy Group. I'm your solo host for today, Jack Martin. That's right, this episode got hijacked by me, and I'm running the podcast myself today. And I got some pretty cool guests who agreed to to join me. Uh, Do you guys want to introduce yourselves? Yes, I am Pat. I am Justin. It's funny because because I'm Justin and he's Pat. We 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 did a little switch around. You know we're we're playing by our own rules. We're playing by our own rules today. Yep. Classic comedic beat right there, guys. Fast and loose. And Pat, I think this is actually you're a special guest because you're our first guest who's actually skyping in from another state. All our other guests have been from Connecticut so far. Wow. So yeah. Bring some geographical diversity. Yeah. We're now, we're now representing a total of two states in America right now. And they're both New England states, so you know, it's a whole lot of, it's a whole lot of diversity there. It's a slow expansion, Justin. It's all connected. <laughs> it's a slow expansion, Justin. You know, you just you go state by state, and eventually, you know, you conquer all the whole world. That's how it works. We truly are a cinematic universe of two states. <laughs> All right, so we should probably start talking about Marvel uh, on a Marvel show. What? So today, we're going to be doing our monthly roundup. So we're going to be talking about all the news that came out in February. So I got a couple talking points. I'm just going to get, uh, we're just going to get our opinions on it. Get them out there. See what we have to say. Great. I have some of those. I have a lot of anger stored up within me. So uh, this is going to be, uh, this is going to be exciting. Alright, so I think we should start with the big news, which was uh, Marvel got a little Oscar gold, finally. Yeah, triple gold. Yeah, so we got the Black Panther, uh, won for, at the Academy Awards for Best Costume Design, Best Original Score, and Best Production Design. Now, as we all know, the Oscars are extremely important. Like, you know, as a ceremony, if, as we've seen in the build-up for this latest ceremony, every decision is important. Every decision matters, so this is a this this is a good thing. That being said, uh, in all seriousness, um, I do feel. What were the um, it was production, costuming, and music, right? Best original score. Yeah, I actually thought uh, I actually thought those three were um were fairly deserved. I thought the score was really was really fun, really dynamic. Um, and I just thought as far as the world was realized that the costuming and the way things were set up. Uh, was pretty tight. It goes to reason that any movie that sort of has one of those like eight hundred page like 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 books that the director just sort of writes and is like, here is stylistically how you should do things. It, it always sort of stands that there's 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 probably something good there. Right. Yeah. And I think that's the most remarkable thing about Black Panther, at least in the context of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, is the way that really expands the scope of what fans are seeing on screen. It's an entirely new playing field that you know Ryan Coogler basically either did make from scratch, obviously pulled from the comics, but he was able to really cultivate his own wing of the expanding MCU. Yeah, well, it's definitely amazing that like 
all the later movies, like in Avengers Infinity War, when they went to Wakanda, you could just see, like, designs. You'd be like, oh, that's a Wakandan design right there. Like, Bucky's new arm. You're like, that's very, like, built-in Wakanda. And um, Infinity War, I, I could be wrong on this, but from the way it was shot, that wasn't even informed by... Like, it, like Infinity War wasn't even shot at, at the time in a post-Black Panther's The Greatest Thing Ever world. So it was just kind of, like... Like, it was as it stood before Black Panther, like, came out and everyone really resonated and responded well to how that world was conceived and whatever. So, um, in Endgame, we probably should see, like, characters more in line with the way they were in Black Panther or, or see, like, I, I, I think it goes without saying that we'll see a lot more of Wakanda in Avengers Endgame, obviously. Oh, I don't know, because those were filmed back to back. Um, yes... They were, but I just don't know when... I, I, I know parts of Infinity War were sort of shot. I know that the Wakanda shoot in Infinity War is like a big part of that shoot, obviously. Um, I just... I remember reading something about... We didn't really... Uh, about them saying that they didn't really see how people respond... Like, how Black Panther was universally beloved until, like, that stuff in Infinity War was already taken care of, like, shooting-wise. Like, then Black Panther came out, and people responded really well to it. Which is why, like... I, I think that was in regards to, um... Spo spoilers are good, right, for, like, Infinity War? Like, I could just sort of say... I mean, I feel like all our listeners have seen Infinity War by now, so okay, yeah, okay. go ahead. Black Black Panther dies in Infinity War. Um, but, um, yeah, like, so, like, when that happened for, like, test screenings or whatever, like, people had seen Black Panther by then, but it hadn't, like, that decision was made before Black Panther came out, so people, like, responded, like, really, because people really like that character and people like that world, so, um, yeah, it's just sort of cool to see how this is all unfolded, and, uh, yeah, I will anticipate that, among a few other things, uh, in Avengers Endgame. Yeah. So yeah, three well-deserved awards, especially for costuming. Um, I, I, it was nice it got nominated for Best Picture. It was never winning Best Picture. Yeah. yeah. It was more of an honorary, you know, like we yeah. still don't think superhero movies are apt to win Best Picture, but we acknowledge that it was a very good movie. I, I kind of wish it got nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay. I feel like it deserved that one, especially after Logan got that nomination last year. I don't know. I, 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 I wouldn't I wouldn't be opposed to it and I I do think I'm not saying winning, I'm just saying it should have been nominated. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I thought these were three very good awards. I I thought music was a nice one. I wasn't I wasn't sure on that. Oscars are sort of weird when it comes to music especially, because they always like give it to like the most like classically minded like, like I would have thought like one of the like more Oscar bait movies might have won music because you know it's sort of like traditionalist uh, type stuff I was I was really happy uh, for Black Panther winning that because um, no I just thought it was a really I just thought it was a really cool different score and it resonated with people um, very dynamic especially uh, a lot of the Killmonger stuff uh, actually uh, stuck with people too I, I, scripting would have been cool um Honestly, the big Marvel-related disappointment from the entire evening was I. I kind of thought. Uh, I kind of thought Infinity War should have gotten. Uh, should have gotten it for effects. Oh, hundred. What did win for effects? Uh, you, did anyone know? First Man, which got gypped, like as far as when it was released and like stuff. So I mean, I mean, give give it the one, but I. I 
I don't know. I was I was just kind of bummed. Like like that was the one. I know I'm biased, obviously, but like like Thanos looked really good, and that was such an effects heavy movie. I mean, I think ninety percent of those shots were effects. Yeah. Somewhere around that ninety percentile. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I did it. It got nominated at least. So I mean, that's something. Yeah, that's. But, but I mean, I mean that that's sort of like. Like, that's... The, the Oscars sort of treat that as, like, their pleb tier. Like, it, it always, uh... Like... We're, we're the, hip. We watch the, these the movies. Last, yes, yes, we do watch these movies. And, and they look nice. Well, just last thing on Black Panther, I feel... Any other year, Kendrick Lamar would have won for Best Original Song. <laughs> I get why they gave it to Lady Gaga. No, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, feel like any other year, that would have been Kendrick's. I, I, I just, I feel we should be glad out of the entire evening, poor Chadwick Boseman wasn't asked to do uh, the Wakanda Forever salute on uh, camera. He's getting he's, a little, he's getting he's, a little he sick of it. He seems tired of it. The, the man just seems, the man just seems so, like, ravaged by having to do that time and again. Meanwhile, Michael B. Jordan's just <laughs> loving it. Just ask him to do it. Well, Michael then, B. Jordan's abs should have accepted the award, every award <laughs> that movie won. Well, then also speaking of awards, uh, Into the Spider-Verse, well-deserved win. Oh, thank God. For best uh, animated movie. That one was a lock-in for like a while, though. Like, I don't think anyone's surprised uh, about I was, that I, one. I was, I was really stressed, honestly. I, I wasn't sure, because like Disney, because like it's, like, okay, um, to put my tinfoil hat on for a moment, like, you know, you got the, the awards are run by ABC, which is run, owned by Disney, like... Their movie has won, like, Best Animated for, for, like, the past 20 years or whatever. And, like, look, my feelings on Incredibles 2 aside, I'm like, oh, if it, 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 it could happen. I could have seen it happening. I would have been really upset. Um, but, no, I'm glad the constant bombing of Spider-Man-related gifts on uh, various Pixar posts on Twitter. Have you, uh, have you, have you guys seen that? No. Uh, for, like, the, for, like, the past 50 posts Pixar has made, uh, people have just commented, just spamming them with various, uh, Spider-Verse, <laughs> uh, related gifts. Specifically the one where, uh, where he's got the Spider-Sense going off. It's just, just that for just ages. That's amazing. The I have contributed. I thought Spider-Verse would win. The only movie I was a little concerned about was Isle of Dogs. Maybe, like, get a sneaking in. There was one other movie that was kind of artsy. Which would have nominated. Which would have been fine. Um... There was another like Cubo and the Two Strings kind of movie that was nominated. Uh, there was there was an Eastern animation movie that was nominated. I don't remember what it was. Um, that was never gonna win because you know, who who are we kidding? Like those those movies always get overlooked. But um, I would have been fine. Yeah, I, yeah. What am I talking about? I love Wes. I love Wes Anderson, so I would have been I would have been cool with uh, Isle of Dogs winning. Mm. But Spider Verse just had such an impact that I've like like as far as like yeah. What, what were we gonna say, Pat? It did. Oh, good. Um, no, <laughs> as far as um, as far as cultural impact was concerned, like I feel like the Black Panther Best Picture nom and Spider Verse uh, when it pe- people I saw people complaining about Twitter that that Spider Verse should have gotten uh, should have gotten a Best Picture nom too. I don't I don't know about that, but like it's not unheard of. Like Toy Story three, I think got a Best Picture uh, nod back in the Beauty day. and the Beast did. Oh oh. <laughs> For some reason, I thought you were talking about the live action one. I was like, "Oh, no, I hope, no, I, no. I, I, no. I hope, I hope not." Um, no, uh, no, that was a weird year. Very well deserved. That was like that was like two years ago. <laughs> it was like twenty sixteen. Well, I feel like yeah, definitely well deserved. Even if even if like best animated movie was just like they just didn't even judge a movie based on story. It was just strictly based on animation. Oh, oh like yeah. Spider Verse still should have won for that. The style is so 
just pulled so strongly from the comics and so visual and like I just think it really adapted like the feel of reading a comic book onto the screen so well in a way that other animated movies haven't done with like uh, comic book source material in a way that you can never really do in live action. So I feel like in some ways this is you know a perfect formula. It's really opened to whole new grounds. Like as far, like like regardless of like its impact in the moment, like people are already like, oh, we should get uh. I've heard people say that we should get, like, a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie in the Spider-Verse style. Like, like that is a genre in itself. Like, what kind of characters can be lent to, like, Spider-Verse style? I said to Jack just the other night, um, they should... Why aren't they just doing a Hellboy movie? The, the Hellboy movie, like, in the Spider-Verse style. Because that's... The style of those comics is so distinctive. And if they did it that way, it'd be much better than what we're looking to get, uh, anyway... That's a whole other conversation. <laughs> yes, it is. I just wanted to make Jack uh, angry. <laughs> I'm going to ignore that for the sake of time and move on to our next uh, topic, which is we got what's probably the final trailer for the Dark Phoenix movie. Oh, yes. That oh. <laughs> okay, can I just like take a second and say, as someone who loves X-Men more than any other team or sub-franchise within Marvel... It is high time for them to just move over to Marvel, which they're already in progress of doing. And if this movie didn't get released, I wouldn't be disappointed. But we're getting it anyway, and it's going to go off. It's going to end the Fox version of X-Men on such a low and like unsavory note. Well, is it coming out before New Mutants, or is it... New, New Mutants, Mutants isn't happening. That's, like, that's probably shelved indefinitely. Maybe it goes on the streaming service when Disney launches that. I don't know. It's been pushed back so many times, and the reshoots have not been shoot. And, but 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 I'm going to stop you right there, Pat, because I know for a fact that you enjoyed X Men Apocalypse. So this is okay. the world. This is the world that you have created for us. Dark yeah. Phoenix is yours. So good job. That X Men Apocalypse was not a perfect film. I don't think the story was. The most original. I do think it had some of the best fan service moments that I've seen of an X Men movie in recent years. Oh no! Listen to me. When like you know Jean Grey's doing her thing and like this, like the fire and like she's going to Phoenix form and all that, I just thought that was a really great moment in an X Men movie. I don't think the villain was inspired at all. I think they completely wasted Oscar Isaac in that role. Mm-hmm. But I think it had some really great moments where I was like, yes, these are the X-Men. And, they, <laughs> you know, they had some great moves. They had some great moments where the titular characters were on screen and I could say that they were on screen. I could say that the X-Men were in an X-Men movie. Well Well done. In in one attempt to be positive about this trailer, I will say I did, in Apocalypse, I did like the new guy who played Cyclops and the new guy who played Nightcrawler. I thought the new cast was good. The new cast was exceptional. It's a shame they were cast before we could bring X-Men over to Marvel. Because now we have to let them all go. But I mean, just to be positive on the trailer, the cast looks the most like X-Men-y they've lo- ever looked. Like, uh, like my, I'm blanking on his name. Uh, Michael, no. Ch- McAvoy looks the most Professor X he's ever looked in an James X-Men McAvoy. movie. James McAvoy. He's the biggest star on the planet. What are you doing? <laughs> um, he's certainly rocking that sweater, but I, 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 I don't know. Look, look. I'm kind of against this. Like, I, I, I love the X-Men, too. I've, I've loved the X-Men for years. I love that they're doing their thing. I, I, I also have very strong preferences on what kinds of X-Men stories I enjoy. 
Um, and the minute you start getting into it, like, like, okay, this is this is borderline heresy, I know. But the minute you start getting into like apocalypse territory, which is like a big, big spooky uh, monster man uh, coming to uh, coming to wreck your shit, I I, I just lose interest because the power. I just, and this is just me. The power of the X Men storyline is in the metaphor of it, like in the oppressed groupness of it all, and like what you can, what you can surmise from there. So when people are constantly complaining that why, why is Magneto always a villain in these movies? Oh, okay. I, I I do agree that they should not be having him go back and forth between hero and villain so much, but having him be there is kind of the point. Like having those contrasting ideologies is kind of the point. But they don't have, like, that third voice, like, the rest of society that's not mutant. Which is why X-Men 2 is so good, because they yes. take they take Stryker, who even if they didn't adapt into, like, the the um, the army colonel or whatever, and if they used, uh, they used the stuff from the comics where he was, like, a religious heretic or whatever, that's still, like, that still brings in the ideology of it. But then you get to, like... Okay, Apocalypse, they did still kind of try to do a, like, you know, a Darwinism survival of the fittest thing, which could have worked even if they, that's, he just looks, he looks and sounds so terrible in that film. But, but now you start getting into, like, I really don't like the Dark Phoenix storyline. I really don't think that character is very interesting because that's where the X-Men stop being interesting, where you start going into, like, space and aliens and it sounds like it looks like Jessica Chastain might be looks like they might be trying to do like a Shi'ar type thing. I don't really yeah, love that because that's that's Fantastic Four stuff, and not just in that's their wheelhouse. That's the kind of characters they associate with. But like, what does that mean for the X Men? What does it mean for like the whole oppressed group thing to start like having to meet aliens or whatever? Like, yeah, I, we're just jumping the shark at this point. I know it's pulled directly from the comics, but still. I think the only way to like differentiate X Men from other comic book properties is to go with you know that angle of you know an oppressed group. Yeah. What that means for them? Because that's what they are at the, at the core. They were designed to be like a marginalized community. Yeah. Where like other people with powers are praised, but because they're mutants, they're not. Yeah, and this is why um, <laughs> extremely unpopular opinion. <laughs> I actually preferred how Jean Grey was depicted in X-Men 3, the movie, which which is fine. It's a, it's a fine little movie. Don't worry <laughs> about it. But um, no, I like the idea that it's not an evil space monster come to possess her or whatever, but it's her. It's how she was originally, and she was sort of robbed of the choice to sort of like like... Like learn how to live among people, or sort of live above them. Like, like that's the metaphor again. It's her in the middle of Professor X, who decides, okay, she, not only is she powerful, she is too powerful for me to leave her the choice of what to do with her power. So I'm going to have to erase her memory. It sounds like they're doing it again because you know why not? Um, why but not? Th- then you've got Magneto, who's like, you know, do what you, do what you want, man. Um, I'm really, I'm, I'm, I'm happy we're going to be seeing Genosha. Little side note, even if I re- I really like Genosha, I really like Magneto just kind of leaving leading people. Maybe that's just the whole thing. I'm just really bitter that I'm never gonna get to see my favorite Magneto, who is the lovable dick of the X Men gang, who they like keep around even though everyone hates him. And like whenever one of the X Men makes a bad decision or whatever, like it's usually Cyclops in the comics, like he does something stupid, and Magneto's like, 
that's what I would have done, you know, when I was evil. Um, it's, it just sounds like we're never going to get that. I don't know. Bless, uh, bless McAvoy, bless Fastbender, and bless the fact that they're, that they're getting work. But um, uh, this, whole, this, whole thing kind of, uh, this whole thing just kind of depresses me. So it looks like we're kind of all in opinion, like, okay, end the franchise, and then let's bring it over to Marvel. So I don't want to get too far into this today. This could be another episode, but just quickly... Since we're all just waiting for Marvel to reboot this franchise, what would be your pitch for how you put the X-Men in the MCU? Okay. You go. You go. You go. Yeah. Yes. You go. You go. You go. Okay. I... I'm not sold on it, but my favorite idea that I've seen around is that somehow you know, they've all migrated to Atlantis because uh, Sasan Mariner is also a mutant. And you know, maybe Xavier does like a whole big bind with the world to erase the memory of mutants existing. You know, if there was some like rise against them and they wanted to like eliminate them from the earth, so they all go underground. And then I feel like the best way to resurface them is in a Black Panther sequel. And then you can introduce the storm relationship angle um, with T'Challa and start that romance. It'd be more of like a love triangle. Um, and really just kind of go from there. I, I'm not really sold on it. I think it's a little uh, shoehorned in. It's it's a major you know tentpole in the Marvel universe, so I don't think there's any real easy way to do it. I don't like alternate universe um, like that angle. I don't think that would be as effective. You know, just needlessly complicate things. So I don't know what the best answer is, but I feel like they should be there all along, and it should be a thing whether now starting to exist because then like yeah. you know characters will be a different place than they would be otherwise the idea i like i don't have strong opinions on how to do it but the two ideas i've liked is i like the idea that mutants are kind of like extremely rare there haven't been that many and professor x has just been able because there have been so few professor x has been able to kind of like keep them under the radar from people um, another idea i heard is that i like the idea that because if magneto's a holocaust survivor again he would be really really old um, I like this. I heard this idea from somebody that Mag they make Magneto like a survivor of like a more recent um, genocide, like one from Africa or uh, South America or something like that. And then way he's sort of a younger character, but he still sort of has that mindset. He's seen humanity at its worst, and so that's what kind of drives him to believe that humanity isn't it doesn't deserve to be the dominant species. Um, okay, logistically, uh, having him. Having him be there all along kind of stresses me out because that's sort of a big unruly thing that you sort of have to compensate for. I, I guess, and I don't love this, but I guess I'm going to have to throw my hat in the ring for when the effects of Thanos' snap ultimately become reversed, when people come back, like sort of on a random basis, some people now have like... Some people ha now have like mutant powers. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Was that somehow like mutants become more common after the snap? I I, I think not only is that the way I th uh, the the cleanest way I can think of to do it, I think that's the way they could end up doing going with um, rather because even with like Captain Marvel, I've already seen some people who are like so. Iron Man was a thing. Iron Man came out and said, I am Iron Man, and that sort of like changed the world in that respect. 
but like Captain Marvel was then doing her thing, and then space aliens were doing their thing like ten years prior. Like, like it's it's not. It's sort of like the Star Wars effect, where like Rogue One happened, and people were like, "How? how what does this have anything to do with?" Um, I, I I think average Joe audience member would just prefer, um, mutants to just sort of like gradually show up. I do think there will be some sort of time skip uh, associated with Endgame. To uh, make it easy, to make it a little easier to swallow, um, but I think Thanos' snap can and probably should be directly tied to what happens with mutants. But as far as a pitch for what the X Men should be like in the X uh, um, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, rather, I think they should just adapt the cartoon series X-Men Evolution to the big screen. X-Men Evolution, which was everyone's like sort of a young, hip teenager and they go to school and they get into Dawson's Creek-esque shenanigans and then they, uh, and then they uh, fight villains. It's the best X-Men show and they should absolutely do it that way. I'm a big fan of it. Everyone should go watch X-Men Evolution. I do think they should be on the younger side. Yeah. yeah. They should be students. Yeah, yeah I, I think... In all seriousness, I think we've gotten to the point where, like, young Cyclops should be your surrogate, and Wolverine should sort of be like... he, he He's the fun badass off to the side who occasionally gets a solo adventure that you see play out. Like, because he's the one you, you have then go off with, like, I mean... Maybe not Cap or whoever, but like like one of the more seasoned heroes to go do a thing or whatever. But yeah, you you, you gotta follow like you gotta follow like your Cyclops. Have Jubilee, please. Please, Aquafina is Jubilee. Make it happen. <laughs> um, what you uh, what you think of her at the Oscars, by the way, uh, Pat with oh uh, John Mulaney? <laughs> those are your. I mean, those are your two hosts right there for for next year. I mean, I loved I loved the no host, but I the two of them were great. They should uh they should absolutely uh. Have <laughs> yeah. All right. So moving on. Not really news, but just when this episode is airing on Monday, um, we're gonna be a couple days away from Captain Marvel coming out. So I just wondering. I was just gonna ask you guys quickly. Uh. You excited for this movie? What are you hoping to see from this movie? Just sort of what are your feelings? I think the marketing the marketing campaign for this has been a little dicey. Um, I, I, I it's it's hard for people because people have so much goodwill for this movie because like like on the same tier as like I think like your Black Panthers or your Doctor Stranges, people are really passionate about this character and people really want to see them done well and 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 I. I like seeing good movies, and I like seeing good movies in this universe. So I really want to believe these people, but then you sort of see a trailer that's just kind of... Like, it's hard to not make, like, Green Lantern comparisons when that would, oh. that's, that's what it looked like. I'm, I'm sorry. That's what it looked like for a while. And I love... Hey, hey, hey. I love I, I love Brie Larson. I I I had a childhood crush on Brie Larson uh, growing up. I bought all her hit pop singles. Go check them out. They're pretty cool. Um, but honestly, what has gotten me most hyped for this movie has probably been like like the pre screening uh, the pre screening buzz, especially saying that my boy Ben Mendelsohn is uh, going to be one of the better uh, Marvel villains. As if that was a shock to anyone. I, I I'm I'm just I'm super thrilled to see him. It, it sounds like it sounds like it's going to be really good. I'm sure it's it's just the the, tra- the trailers were a little odd. I mean, come on, like I can agree with you on that. Yes, I don't think they've quite hit the mark yet. 
But from what I've heard of like screenings and you know critic screenings, the reviews have been positive. Yeah, very positive. It's, it's just, they went with the weird way to market this one. Like, the same way they marketed it. I don't know if you remember uh, how Ant-Man was at the start, but that first trailer, like, they played it, they played it, like, very serious. Like, they played it, like, it was all, like, epic music and, like, I need you to become the Ant-Man. But the trailer people remember the most for Ant-Man is the one where Paul Rudd and Michael Douglas stand and they <laughs> slap their knees and they say, Ants! Ants over and over again, intercut with pictures of ants, because that's what the movie's like. Look, I'm, look, I know it'd be a little on the nose to have a Captain Marvel trailer that's sort of like, you know, like Guardians adjacent. Maybe you have like Highway to the Danger Zone playing in the background while they're all doing their thing. But but I do think that's kind of what you need. Like they're, like they're saying this is going to be like Lethal Weapon. Well, then market it like Lethal Weapon. Like market it like a fun '90s movie. Have you um? I don't know. Have either of you guys seen the website? The, oh, the, yes. I looked at it like a couple weeks ago and then I refreshed my memory today, you know, preparation for this conversation. Um, there is, Jack, you should check it out. I don't remember exactly, I don't remember if it's the main website or not, but the, like one, Captain Marvel has a website set up currently that is stylized like a 90s webpage. <laughs> like, like, have you seen, that's good. like, you know, like, yeah. yeah, like, you know, like the Space Jam website, how that's still up, what that looks like. <laughs> it looks just like that. It, it's, <laughs> It's pretty. It's the best part of their marketing campaign. Yeah, it's pretty that's fun good. because that's like a little mindfulness to it. I don't know. I I I I am very excited for it. I am very excited for it. I just um, I, I sort of hoped after like everyone loved the, like the Thor Ragnarok trailers especially. I sort of hoped they'd be a little more like okay, the trailer is like the movie. That's what we should do, and then people will see it. I it, it's fine, but um. No, I am. Uh, I am excited for it. And Pat, anything, anything else you want to add? What you're excited for about this movie? Um. No. <laughs> okay. Well said. Well, all right. Now we have to move on to the news topic that I was. I didn't really want to talk about because I know how excited you are about this. Justin, contain your excitement. So we all knew it was probably going to happen, but it got confirmed in February that Punisher and our girl Jessica Jones got canceled. Hey! <laughs> Marvel Netflix is officially dead. Hey! For those of you who can't pick that up from the audio, Justin is laughing maniacally right now that Jessica Jones got canceled. Oh my god, all your fans are going to hate me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, you'll see her again. No, oh god, I, I... Okay, 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 look. Look, I know you viewers out there are, are probably not very fond of me for this, for this bold, not brave stance, but, um... <laughs> Look, I, I have I have liked the Netflix. I've watched all the Netflix shows. I've watched them all. I've supported all of them with my eyes. But um, to be fair, you've watched more Marvel Netflix than I have. Yes, so. yeah, you're not a true fan. Punisher got canceled because of you. I was still watching Punisher when the news came out, and I finished because because you know. I, okay, okay, Punisher's actually fine. But, um, no, I, in all seriousness, Jessica Jones in particular wasn't really my thing. I, I just, I really suffered under the padding of a lot of those shows. And Jessica Jones did have very, did have very good things about it. I really liked Kilgrave. Um, I think 
Kristen Ritter is a great performer with a character that wasn't allowed very much room to breathe. And other things I'm sure happened in that show that were good. But, um, no, I, I just... Like, with, what, with how these shows were and what they're looking for, like, even the streaming service shows to be like... Like, the Loki show... Like, you've talked about that it's like... Um, that it's going to be like Loki, like, meddling with, like... Earth events throughout history. Yeah. Like, that sounds hilarious. I would watch, like, 20 seasons of that. But, and, and I, I don't know. I, I would have liked it for closure's sake if we could have went out on the high note of Daredevil Season 3, which I liked, and I liked Daredevil Season 1, and parts of Daredevil Season 2. I, I, I'm not a monster, but I just, like, laughter aside, joking aside... This is this is for the best, right? I mean, come on, you guys. Yes, at this point, I, I would have to agree with you. Yeah. I mean, how much longer was it all going to go on? Like, they were saying Punisher Season 3. Like, like the showrunner, bless his heart, he has so much enthusiasm, but he was like, oh, we're going to do uh, we're gonna do Kingpin and Bullseye. Two characters that we've seen already. That we spent 13 hours with <laughs> longer in terms... And I love Kingpin. I, I, Vincent D'Onofrio is a godsend... Kingpin was great. I, I couldn't take another season of him doing his thing, except for the memes that came out uh, with his thing uh, for Daredevil season three. Those were those were pretty solid. But um, no, I just I'm not happy. Well, I am kind of happy, but 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 I'm content. I'm content. Until I have to watch Jessica Jones season three, then I'll yeah, be very yeah. sad. That was the one thing I was going to say. You didn't get a complete victory. Jessica Jones is getting a season three. I was so hoping. It's still coming out. I was so hoping, and I said to you that I just I just wondered if they were just going to nix it. Like like e- like even uh, even though it was like shot and is presumably sitting on a hard drive somewhere finished, I was wondering if it's just like, yeah. Why why wouldn't we? Well, don't worry about it. Pat, any final thoughts on Jessica Jones and Punisher getting axed? I, it was a matter of time. I mean, when the first three dominoes fell, it was, you know, it was only a matter before the next two. Once Daredevil fell, it was all over. Chance you'll see them in some other form in the future. I believe the contract that Marvel had with Netflix stated that there would have to be at least two years from their last appearance on Netflix before they could appear somewhere else. So, you could see them on Hulu. Disney has, I think, a ruling majority share of Hulu. You could see them on, you know, the new Disney streaming service. Or, in some far-off universe, you could see them on a big screen. I think that's the least likely of the three options. But, I mean, even less so for Jessica Jones, we don't think it's high enough profile to be on a big screen. Um, but maybe now she is. Who knows? She isn't. <laughs> she's very, she's street level. Well, Alright, like, alright. All characters have been made very street level, you know, within New York City. They don't have, like, the global presence that, you know, Iron Man now has, you know, like, where they're, like, moving around the globe, fighting off really big threats. Um, so, I, I think I they'll be on the screen. I think you'll probably see them on a streaming service in the future. I, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I, uh, honestly, at this point, if they could work out something, I would rather, like, have Charlie Cox voice Daredevil in, like, a Spider-Verse sequel or something. <laughs> I would much rather see that than have to middle through another season of, like, of like Marvel Netflix tier. Like, like, that's fair, right? Like, imagine, like, getting him in, 
uh, Bernthal was Punisher in like a Spider Verse sequel to sort of play like, like obviously not like that Punisher who like shanks men in prison and like rolls around with them bleeding, but um, no, just just like maybe like a ninety like a like a weird nineties Punisher who's like shooting lasers all the time and like stuff like that. I, I I'm very sad that Charlie Cox is very sad about all this. Bobby's heartbroken. I, I, I feel bad for him. Maybe now he can finally uh, do another uh, Stardust movie or whatever. I would be down for that. <laughs> All right, so speaking of streaming services, Hulu actually came up with some big news regarding uh, their future with Marvel. So, oh, yes. yeah, it was announced that Marvel and Hulu are teaming up to produce four new animated shows about uh, the characters Modoc. <laughs> Hitmonkey, I have to, I have to Wikipedia this, who is a wrong, who's a wrong Japanese shadow monkey who is mentored by a ghost of an American assassin uses his skills to get revenge on Tokyo's underworld. Tigra and Dazzler, which is described as a woke superhero show try, about two heroes trying to make it in L.A. And Howard the Duck. <laughs> I'm a fan of most of that, although I do think they could have... I just think in general... You know, obviously Marvel has been lacking on the big screen with the female presence. It took until 2019, after 11 years of Marvel movies, for them to have a solo heroine movie. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that Dazzler or Tiger are A-listers, but there aren't many A-lister female superheroes because the comics just have not supported that. And I don't know, I think they would have been better used elsewhere. Um, I think... I, I agree. I think Dazzler and Tigra are not the choices you would want to go go with to do that. I do think we're going to see some kind of a force thing post Endgame, which is uh, which yeah. is like the all female Avengers. I, I do think they're going to be rolling with that. Um, my only disappointment uh, with Dazzler and Tigra, th this is animated, right? Like, animated, this is definitely yeah. animated. I would have loved to see like Dazzler and Tigra be like. Imagine, like, a New Girl-style thing or whatever, but it's, like, superhero. Like, where they're just sort of... Because, like, like I, I remember, like, reading comics as a kid with Tigra in them, and that character is just hilarious. Just, like, constant... She's, she's like, this like this feral-looking tiger woman who's just sort of sitting around, like, like eating frozen yogurt in, like, in, like, yoga pants or whatever. Like, that's the character. Like, get, like, a real, like, cutesy NBC sitcom, but with, uh... But with like superheroes, I think that'd be fun. Um, Patton Oswalt is Mo is uh, Modoc, right? Is he? I think. No I think so. Okay, that's good. Um, I'm a little bummed because the Russos have been saying for years that they wanted to do him on the big screen. This is probably best. I can't imagine a good way to do Modoc on the big screen, and Roosters are doing like like hard, like serious superhero fare, and then throwing Modoc in there. This is this is fine, and um, I think Kevin Smith is doing Howard the Duck, which is certainly a thing. Um, no, this is uh, this is this is this is fun. <laughs> Any thoughts, Patrick? I'm sure they'll be fine. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm really sad that we're not getting Donald Glover Deadpool, like, sort of yeah. in the same vein oh, as this. Yeah. Like, that test footage looks so good. That, I'm still angry about that. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, we got Marvel Hulu. They're apparently going to accumulate in a team-up show called The Offenders, which kind of seems like giving the middle finger to Netflix, but whatever. Good. <laughs> so the last little piece of news I wanted to touch upon in this episode was we got, we didn't get a lot, but we got some Legion Season 3 news. Hey! Uh, Good stuff. Yeah, final season. That was the first thing they announced. Uh, which, I mean, I was a little bummed about, but I guess Noah Hawley's like, yeah, this was a three-season show. This was my plan. Yeah, totally. I'm glad they're letting him do what he wants to do. Um, it's gonna, It will air sometime this year, so that's exciting. They're not doing the two-year break, which is becoming more and more common. And uh, Harry Lloyd, a.k.a. Uh, Varys Targaryen, who, for Game of Thrones spoiler here, he was the guy who Cal Drogo famously dumped a bowl of gold over his head. Silver. Silver. It was, I thought it was gold, because it was like throne, or crown fit for king. Was it gold? It, I, think it was, I think it was gold, yeah. Yeah, it was gold. Sure. He did something. He, 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 poured some, he poured some sort of... Hot metal. Some metal, yeah. <laughs> uh, but he will be playing uh, Professor X on the show. Yeah, interesting casting. I mean, I guess it officially says that this is not in the X-Men universe of the big screen, which, whatever, at this point. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I really like, uh, I really like Harry Lloyd. Um, I, I, obviously, he was a fun, weird lunatic in Game of Thrones, and, um, I just, uh, I can't help but remember him from, uh, Oh, I can't believe uh, I can't believe it's coming out of my mouth. But uh, the one Doctor Who episode uh, he did. Right? Oh, there's the Family of Blood. Right? Yeah, he was uh, he was that guy. Oh. He had this sort of sort of weird dead-eyed expression as he was like an alien monster or whatever. Uh, he was great. I really liked him in that. Um, seeing Professor X in the show, I know Patrick Stewart said he would have been up to it, and maybe maybe they just decided, you know what? Why don't why don't we just uh, why don't we just not? Um, Regardless of what Professor X does, though, I'm, I'm really happy with the note we'll be picking back up. But that was a hell of a cliffhanger at the end of last season, and I'm really excited. I mean, obviously, you have expectations for the show, and they're almost never met. Like, I remember we, uh, we all watched the uh, premiere for season two, and uh, when it was done, we were all like, what? Because um, that was the dance-off episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, no, I'm really happy with the note uh, where we've we'll be picking up on. I'm really happy that this is the final season. Like, you know, you got a nice got a nice trilogy of television. You either do you either do TV shows like this in three season arcs or five season arcs. Going any longer than that would just make you sad. Um, but yeah, um, uh, Professor X is gonna be in it. This is gonna be cool. Um, isn't uh, his mother, whose name escapes me, uh, uh, David's mother, Charles's wife, I think she's also going to be in it too, right? So that could be like flashback stuff because Harry Lloyd is obviously on the younger side. Mm. Then again, McAvoy has been playing like an 80-year-old Professor X now <laughs> for the past two movies. So uh, who's to say? Just, just as long as we have more Audrey Plaza in this season, I'm very happy. Oh my god. Yes, please. <laughs> um... Have you listened to this? Is gonna be this is gonna be weird. Have you listened to the song uh, "I'm in Love with uh, uh, Audrey Plaza"? By the way, no, but it sounds amazing. It is it is an indie song that a guy released on like his Kickstarter or whatever, saying that he was in love with her. It was like like a romantic ballad to her, and I think she sent him a video response saying that she was gonna kill him. 
pretty solid. Um, what an actress. What a babe, honestly. All right, so that is all the news we got in February. I want to thank you guys so much for being on the episode today. Anything final you want to add? Um, looking forward to all the new stuff coming out. And at this point, I just hope that Jessica Jones comes back despite Justin. Oh, <laughs> no, you don't, want, you don't want that. Look, we have so much to look forward to in Season 3. We're presumably... Hellcat will show up and be as morally dubious as she was in season two. Other side characters will do things, and Jessica Jones will learn nothing from it. And then Kilgrave will show up and will be like, maybe this is a good show after all. And then he'll disappear and we'll be like, oh, no it isn't. <laughs> all right, well, that was Marvel Therapy Group. Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you hear, you hate what you hear, you're neutral about what you hear, uh, rate us on iTunes, drop us a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, and thanks again, as always, for tuning in. I eagerly look forward to the hate mail. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to this week's Marvel Therapy Group, where together we can work through our comic thoughts and learn to live beside them. Views expressed are of the host only and do not reflect Marvel Studios or comics in any way. Hosts are in no way qualified to provide therapy. This is simply the name of the podcast. This has been another Marvel Therapy Group session.